This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by 23andMe.com. With 23andMe's genetic service, you can learn what percentage of your DNA comes from places like Italy, Finland, East Asia, or Africa. Visit 23andMe.com slash fool. That's the number 23andme.com slash fool. It's Tuesday, August 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, Ron Gross from Motley Fool Total Income. Ron, hey, it's just you and me. That's all we need. We got to bump up We've our got game, this. though. <laughs> we do. We do have this. Yeah, we got it. Okay, good. Yeah, don't okay, worry. good. Yeah, okay, good. good. Okay. Well, it's kind of a retail theme this today, Ron. Yep. We've got Home Depot that we're going to get to in a minute. Getting it done, like Home Depot has been doing. Um, Costco. I'm disappointed in Costco. Okay, we'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about that. Um, but let's begin with a really, really rough day for Dick's Sporting Goods. At the time of this taping, Ron, shares of Dick's down around 17. The stock opened on Tuesday at a low not seen since 2010. Now, Ron, the culprit here, <laughs> disappointing earnings and a rough outlook for the rest of the year. Yeah, as, as you've been known to say, woof. 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 Not, not good, right? But you know what's interesting, if, if one can deem this interesting? Revenues are up 10%, adjusted profits up 17%. So, in a vacuum, if I just told you that, or if I told you you owned 100% of a business and for the latest quarter you posted 70% increase in profits, you'd be okay. Seems like, good. Seems like I'm doing pretty well, right? Tell me more. Street thinks not. <laughs> um, and, and the challenge here, I think, is that. The writing is on the wall and has been for some time, and and it's exacerbated by them lowering guidance, saying things are difficult, saying it's a competitive environment, saying we're going to need to be more promotional, and we're going to need to increase marketing spend. Those things affect profits. So although profits were were up, you know, pretty nicely this latest quarter, there's trouble ahead, and and there's been there's been there's been trouble a brewing for quite some time now. And and you know investors do not like that. There's there's better places to put one's money um, when you think the future looks troubled um, because you know all all future profits of stocks is based on the future. The past is the past, um, and so so this is tough. There were some highlights to me. I think e-commerce um, being up 19 percent was pretty good That's for good. them. You know, let's face it. In in the world of Amazon, you you've got you've you've got to to be active in the digital channel. Um, they had hoped that they would benefit um, from sports authority bankruptcy, city sports bankruptcy, um, and and maybe they have to a certain extent, but but not enough to appease investors. Um, and uh, gosh, the stock is trading what, 10, 11 times earnings, theoretically a very cheap number again in a vacuum, but not cheap enough for investors where they see this this is a slippery slope and and things look like they're going to get even weaker. And Ron, in 2016, same store sales rose. 3.5%. Now they're expecting same store sales for this year to be flat to down. That's not good. That's not good. Let's face it. So there's two ways for retailers to increase revenue. It is increase same store sales. The stores that you already have open make them, you know, have bigger sales than they did a year ago or open up new stores. Those are that's 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 the two ways, right? You know. So if one of those metrics is not going the right way, the only way you can rely on increasing revenue is by opening new stores, which isn't cheap. There might not be the demand for it. The the, the might be saturation in the markets. So, you know, again, the future doesn't look strong and why would you want to own a stock? 
stock, unless you think a turnaround is imminent, or you know you can see the future a little bit more clearly than you think others can see. Um, you could you could buy stock from those that are being fearful. Um, and and scoop up stocks on the che- the stock on the cheap, but in this particular case, I think you have to be very careful. So once again, Ron, I'm going to call you cautiously pessimistic. Is that fair? <laughs> um, I would say pessimistically pessimistic. How do they how do they fend off Amazon? You you mentioned Amazon. Obviously, right now they're not having much success in fending off Amazon. If they're able to do that. What does Dick's Sporting Goods look like? What's what's the Amazon-proof strategy here? The the only way any retailer I think uh, can fend off is is to sell things that people need to come into a store to check out. Whether it's um, to try on uh, a clothing, or um, I think footwear is sometimes hard. Although Zappos has seemed to done a great job because you can order forty pairs and return thirty nine of them without any shipping costs and, and get the one you want. Um, Dick's owns Golf Galaxy. I think Golf Galaxy is a, a destination um, for for folks. Um, I've recently gotten into golf myself, and and you know walking around Golf Galaxy is. That's that's an afternoon. It's not yep. so bad, um, but it's tough because it, the commodity items, the you know the random you know basketball, the shirt, the pair of shorts, um, online is gonna is the future. It's it's the current and it's the future, and it's tough to compete. Well, a retailer that's faring much better, Home Depot, reporting better than expected earnings and increasing its forecast for the rest of the year. And Ron, the stock was down. On the news, explain that to me. I, I wish I wish I could. This is one of those things where you say to yourself, "It doesn't make sense. I'm not sure what's going on here." And it's oh, it's one of the circumstances where I would say to to investors, ignore the stock. Just let's look at you know, and in most cases, ignore the stock. Look at the results, and the results are strong. If I had to come up with a, 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 a Anything to appease you to to answer your question, I would say um, the guidance, while good, was perhaps not as good as some investors wanted. Also, the market in general is somewhat weak today. Um, there are other retailers um, that are having some problems. It's possible that institutional investors are just lightening up on retail in general. Um, you know, saying to their trading desks, you know, just get me out of retail, and, yeah. and they, you know, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. But Home Depot does not deserve to be in that quarter category, as you said. A really strong results. You know, really. Time and time again, they just keep putting up great numbers. And the the four categories that you really want to look at for Home Depot, which are um, big ticket sales, average ticket, number of transactions, and sales per square foot, all of those four metrics really, really strong. And you see it show up. And the same store sales numbers up 6.3%. In the US, 6.6%. You see it in their profits up 12.5%, or actually, earnings per share is even better because of stock buybacks up 14%. And then you have increasing outlook, um, raising guidance, all great things. Now, is the stock cheap? Is this going to continue into perpetuity? This is the kind of business that will ebb and flow with the housing market, with interest rates. Which is really um, hot right now, we should add. Housing sentiment is really strong right now. It won't be forever, though, right? But right. over over time and over market cycles, you want to own a best-in-breed company like Home Depot that appears to be somewhat insulated from the, the Amazons of the world. Because you, know, you really do need to go into that store 
you know, for a lot of their items. Whether you need some help, you need guidance, whether it's bigger tickets. Um, so, you know, the stock really at maybe 21 times their current guidance is really not expensive for a stock that is so widely well known as Home Depot, probably, you know, widely held by both institutions and retail investors. Um, and, you know, they pay a nice 2% dividend. There's really there's very little not to like at Home Depot. So a lot to like there, and you mentioned being Amazon resistant. It was interesting. Um, Home Depot cited lumber, flooring, and electric grills as three hot sellers. And I think lumber and flooring, you ain't really getting that on Amazon, right? I mean, you kind of want to go in and see it. Right, right. You can go to a lumber liquidators, or you know, there's competition out there, but certainly you're you're not typically buying that online. And I don't even think you're you're not buying gas grills online for the most part, either. Um, you, but you you do you know the, the trend of the the hot housing market will continue bringing people into these stores right up until it doesn't and then you'll see some weakness for a while but again these things go in cycles interest rates are a big part of it mortgage rates are a big part of it the health of the economy overall is a big part of it and and you know nothing goes up forever um, you'll see fluctuations and ebbs and flows but over time Home Depot Home Depot is a good one to to have in your portfolio well this episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by 23andMe.com. 23andMe.com is a genetic service that can help you discover where your DNA comes from around the world. You can learn what percentage of your DNA comes from places like Italy, Finland, East Asia, and Africa. With your 23andMe reports, you can explore your connection to the world in a whole new way by traveling to the places that reflect your DNA. Ron, I've done 23andMe. It's a oh, really, have? really interesting service. Oh, that's have, awesome. you, have you done it? I haven't, but I did, you know, I think this is going to spur me on. It, it is really, really interesting. One of the things I've learned is that I have more Neanderthal variants than 83% of customers at 23andMe. Oh, that, that tells me a lot. That explains a lot. So I'm more Neanderthal. <laughs> Would you be offended if I said I'm not surprised? Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised because okay, you, know, you know I've got kind of the you know one giveaway is I've got a a oversized cranium. cranium. You may have noticed <laughs> a huge, huge cranium. Yeah, so. but it's, it works for you. Oh, well, thank you, yeah, thank you. Nice. Well, um, twenty three and me, really, really interesting and and fascinating. And the Neanderthal things, just one of the things I learned. Turns out that I'm also 09 percent Finnish. Oh, that's interesting, huh? Point nine, huh? Point nine. Not <laughs> that quite doesn't one. count. <laughs> I'm going to do this. This is interesting. Okay. Right. Well, visit 23andMe.com slash fool. That's the number 23andme.com slash fool. What will be your DNA destination? And Ron, our final story a federal judge ordering Costco to pay up. Costco is having to pay Tiffany more than $19 million for selling about 2,500 diamond rings falsely identified on Costco store signs as Tiffany rings. Mm, not great. Now, Ron, you know <laughs> I love Costco. He, he, we both have a long history with Costco. I, we do. And, yeah. and I admire Jim Senegal, one of the co-founders. Um, I've gotten a chance to know him over the years. And I think Costco is all about the business of trust. I trust them and I value them, and this to me is is slimy, and I'm disappointed in Costco, and I'm glad that the judge slapped him on the wrist. 
I can't argue with that. I think as investors and analysts, we have to call it like we see it. We can't always be cheerleaders for the stocks we like. You love the shopping experience at Costco. I've been a big fan of this stock since I recommended it. I want to say in 2009, I've owned the stock for years and years and years, but I do not like this. One of the best things about Costco, besides the value proposition, besides the business model, is the culture. Yep. The culture, as you say, um, that Jim Sinegal really fostered. Um, and although he is not at the helm any longer, he's still part of the company. And I agree that this is disappointing. This is not something I would expect to see of all companies um, no. you know, from Costco. Um, they have their argument that um, the word Tiffany is generic and it refers to a type of setting, which is true. But right, I s- right. And, and, and to clarify that, the judge said that the phrases Tiffany setting and Tiffany style, yes, those are used gener- generically throughout the industry. But the sign, the Costco sign, said Tiffany rings. Yeah, that that's not good. And I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I would think the second that Craig Jelinek, you know, became aware of this. There's no upside to continuing it. You pull it and you apologize. Yeah. Um, so I'm very surprised that they stuck to their guns here and bothered even to fight this instead of you know taking their licks and saying yeah you know this isn't this isn't really up to our standards here at Costco. So I share in your disappointment. Um, Still think the company is a great company. It's an interesting time for Costco in the world of Amazon, especially Amazon purchasing Whole Foods is is interesting. Um, Stock has not done well lately, um, isn't even a market beater over the last five years. Ten years, it is soundly a market beater, but some folks don't like to look out that that far. Um, I think that's fair. Um, so you know, it's not it's not a it's kind of right in the middle of you know fairly valued. It's not cheap. It's not expensive, and the future is a little bit in question. Well, let's talk about that, and let's pull the Amazon thread through this story as well. At the end of the day, is Costco Amazon proof? I don't think Costco is Amazon proof, and I think one of the greatest reasons we were talking earlier today, you and I before taping, is that the demographics, the people that are going to be shoppers five and ten and fifteen years from now, are more likely to buy the things you can buy at Costco online. I don't think they will be looking for the shopping experience the that treasure Costco hunt's offers. Not gonna appeal? I think it'll always have a certain appeal, but not the same appeal that it has folks you're my age. And I think over time, that's going to become more and more difficult for them. Yeah. I mean, that that's hard for me to wrap my head around, because I love the in-store experience. But to your point, if the next generation or three or four generations after me, if, if, if they're <laughs> used to buying everything online and it's all about convenience, then going to, going to a Costco may be too much of a hassle. It might be. If the value proposition is there, if you can really save some money by going to Costco, then then perhaps uh, you know that there'll still be a significant amount of people that will do so. But I mean, you know, the compression, price compression continues. Things are getting cheaper and cheaper. Shipping, obviously, as we know from Amazon, is free in most cases as long as you're a Prime member. Um, Costco, on the other hand, has has their fee um, as well, their annual fee, which, by the way, is where most of their profits come from. Um, that's why the model is so interesting. Um, and I think I think over time, you don't have an increasing number of shoppers going to Costco. I think you have a declining. 
Well, speaking of that value proposition, I would pay more for Kirkland rings than I would <laughs> Tiffany rings. Well, we should, we should, listeners should know that 90% of your wardrobe is Kirkland-based. No, 99. <laughs> Are you wearing Kirkland right this very moment? Yeah, yeah you know I'm, I'm, I'm largely Neanderthal. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Ron Gross from Motley Fool Total Income. Thanks for joining us. Always my pleasure. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Rick Ingdahl. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.